What NFC West rookie is the one to watch in Dynasty? Is there a rookie tight end that just got a big bump up boards? And we tell you everything you need to know to get ready for your FFPC rookie drafts beginning tomorrow. Plus, 2018 FFPC 500 Dynasty League number 26 champion Tony Castileo gives his thoughts on Deontay Johnson, Devin Singletary, and more. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Falkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. everybody. If you got what it takes, because I'm your reps and I'm on the mic and premieres on the break. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. With the master rhymer, the behind a video Thanks so much, Rob, for your salutations to each and every one of you, Balkaholics and Gerzak and Addicts. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I am, of course, your slightly above average host, Eric Falkman, and my co-host is the patron saint of fantasy football, the Dizzle, Dave Gerzak. And special night in uh, the, the Dizzle family, as uh, I, I wanted to make a mention of this uh, on the rundown when Rob and I are putting it together, and then I forgot to, Dave, but... You have a daughter celebrating her sweet 16 tonight. Yep, and I'm very happy to say she's not out on a date with any guys. Well, why, why would she when I, you know, I saw Maroon 5 was, uh, was, was hanging out with you guys tonight. They're putting on a special performance. Uh, you had uh, Jay-Z and Beyonce uh, made it to the party. So uh, yeah. why would she I go out on a date? For a while, I yeah, know. well, I mean, look, priorities and everything. But yeah, yeah, I, know. I was told Obama's yeah, going to be here later tonight, too. Michelle, yeah. you couldn't get Barack. So I get yeah. it, but yeah, we know what we're nonpartisan. You know, you're welcome to come here. No matter my support for, I always support the president, whoever it is, whenever they are in office. Right. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, w, I, I, I was told is going to be bringing some hard candy tonight to uh, to celebrate. <laughs> so very cool stuff coming up on tonight's show. What Patriots wide receivers are we paying attention to in 2019? Uh, what rookie running back just got comped to Alvin Kamara by the team that drafted him? And uh, Tony Castellano will talk about his. $500-26 dynasty win in the FFPC. What do you think about David Montgomery? Jay Sternberger and more before we sign off for the week. Uh, shout out to the chat room right now. Feel free to post any questions you might have in there. Uh, you can also, as uh, John Terry and Jemima said, oh, this is really tiny, um, the chat. It, it's obviously, I feel like the chat has come, the new chat window has come up as a topic on the show the last three weeks. Yeah, you can act- it's awful. Well, you can actually open in a new window um, if, it's, if you're having problems seeing it. There's a little icon on the left-hand side. At least that's how it's showing up for me. And, and break that open so it'll be much easier to read. 347-426-3682-347. Game over. High stakes fantasy football at gmail.com at HSFFR. The producer and mutual friend Rob, the best friend and audio engineer Bryce, are uh, working hard tonight. And uh, get those uh, questions into those guys. We'll get to the questions, tweets, and emails and fantasy feedback later on in the show. 
Uh, just want to remind everybody, if you have not checked out the Football Guys Players Championship, it is live. It went live last Saturday. Drafts basically going off every single day thus far, a $250,000 grand prize. League prizes are up this year as well. Uh, we, I, I think we got a midnight draft going on right now. I don't There's know. If nine we, slots up at the 11.55 draft. Okay. That's a shot. Yeah, so that could fill you. Yeah, wow. Fill in midnight drafts and Friday. You FFPC people are unbelievable. Uh, so uh, check that out. We have drafts going on all weekend as well. As uh, online best balls, uh, we have um, some dynasty startups, I think, that just need a couple of teams to fill for tomorrow. Otherwise, we got uh, drafts going on, maiden drafts for dynasty going on next week as well. And, of course, get in on those early birds for the Football Guys Players Championship and the main event before it is too late. Uh, let's get into uh, tonight's uh, guest here. He's been very patient. He's been, as, as my co-host on the, on the uh, show with uh, Leo and Balky would say, he's been drinking coffee in the basement for the last three hours after he got out of his van down by the river. And he is uh, coming on the show uh, right now. He's been playing FFPC Dynasty League since 2015. In 2016, he won the FFPC 500 number 18. And then last year, he won the 500 number 26. He's also competed in the Football Guys Players Championship, the uh, 2017 FFPC main event live out in Las Vegas. He's here tonight to uh, help you get set for your FFPC rookie draft. Please welcome in the champ. It is Mr. Tony Castileo. Tony, welcome into the show. Thanks for doing the show this week, man. We really appreciate it. Oh, of course, guys. Hey, how you doing, Eric? Dave, thank you, thank you so much for having me. Uh, very excited to be here tonight. We are excited to have you. And uh, it's always a special night on the eve of FFPC rookie drafts. You know, a lot of people obviously play in more than one dynasty league. And I wouldn't say it's like Christmas morning for them tomorrow. That's usually reserved for Vegas. But certainly a special day uh, that everybody gets super excited for. Because let's face it, uh, your lives are about to change with the next player that you draft tomorrow that's going to be on your team for the next 30 years or however long he plays in the NFL. <laughs> or so, six months. Or six months. I mean, who knows? That's, that's what's so great about it, and that's why we love it. Tony, before we get into that, uh, can you tell the uh, listeners what you do for a living? Yeah, sure thing. So I'm, I'm a union plumber for the city of New York. Uh, we specialize in new construction buildings and commercial work, uh, such as high-rise uh, skyscrapers in New York City. Um, as well as alterations. Um, some of the major projects that my local has contributed to include the, the new Yankee Stadium out in the Bronx, uh, City Field where the Mets play at, JFK Airport, as well as the new Resorts World Casino out in Queens. That's awesome. Yeah, very exciting stuff. Union Park, I love that. That's yeah, no, that, that, that's good stuff. Uh, you know, the real Leroy is a big fan of that. My, yeah, the real Leroy is a big union guy. Yeah, he, he is. It. Yeah. That's cool, man. Hey, I, I think it's awesome. Yeah. All right, so I guess we're going to actually talk fantasy here. Yeah, let's do that. So, we got two rookie tight ends, both highly drafted, both from Iowa, both from the same team. We got Hawkinson and Fant. Uh, Hawkinson goes to Detroit. They gave up on Ebron, who then went on to be awesome uh, in Indianapolis last year. Fant goes to uh, Denver. Who do you like? Who, which one do you prefer? Fant's more the more athletic player, but Hawkinson looks like the more complete player overall. What do you think? Well, I think both of these tight ends are, are phenomenal athletes. I really do. They, I mean, they both had excellent seasons last year as Iowa teammates. But uh, I'm looking at Hawkinson as the more complete NFL-ready tight end. I mean, he's perhaps one of the most NFL-ready players at his position to come out of college in a while, uh, with some scouts even comparing him to Travis Kelsey. I mean, that's huge. I, I know a lot of owners might feel a little uneasy about spending a top-five rookie pick on a Detroit tight end after we've seen the fallout from a guy named Eric Ebron. But, you know, let's not forget, they're without Golden Tate this year. Uh, they have a new offensive coordinator in Darrell Bevel, who's particularly used his tight end position well during his time coaching in the league. 
And, I mean, the Lions have little competition with Hawkinson. I mean, he'll be starting week one right out of the gate. Now, I think Font will also be excellent player as well. He does need to work on his blocking. Um, we all know that, you know, that land any player in the doghouse, uh, somebody who, you know, not gonna, who's not going to pass the tech. Um, but Font should have a successful NFL career. Both are going to be great long-term options at their position. But if I'm drafting today, I prefer Hawkinson, mainly because of the immediate impact. I know he'll be able to provide for my fantasy team. As far as, far as redraft goes, Tony, uh, if we can, and we'll be bouncing the conversation back and forth tonight between Dynasty and redraft. But as far as redraft goes, would you draft Hawkinson as a top 15 FFPC tight end, or is that just a little bit too aggressive given the other options that would be out on the board? No, I, I definitely would take him as a top 15 tight end. I mean, you look at some of the other guys who are, who are going in that range. I mean, Kyle Rudolph, I mean, we'll see if he gets traded or not. I mean, we heard reports today that uh, Rudolph and the Vikings couldn't come to a long-term agreement um, in restructuring the contract. I mean, we'll, 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 we'll see what the, uh, you know, what the situation looks like uh, in terms of uh, Rudolph's contract um, extension. But, I mean, that's just, that's just one of the guys going on his uh, – in his average draft position. I, Hawkinson should definitely be, I would say, higher than top 15. I would say even top 12. He should be a tight end one this year in redraft. As a rookie, that's awesome. Yeah, and, and I think that that, I mean, honestly, that's that's sort of what you're you're, you're going to have to take, man. I, I'm just looking at the, um, the FFPC redraft ADP right now to find out uh, how many tight ends are, uh, are going before uh, Hawkinson right now. And he is right on that fringe right now. He is actually being drafted as the uh, tight end 15 in the ninth round, right in between, smack dab actually, in between Kyle Rudolph and Delaney Walker. So that is where he's going. You know, usually rookies like that, the ADP will continue to rise on him, especially make some plays in the preseason. But like Tony said, you know, pay attention to uh, Hawkinson as it goes on. Pay attention to the Rudolph situation as well. I think we're going to get into that later on in the show. Alshon Jeffrey, Tony, is actually going to be making $13 million next year. Not this year, but next year. Could you see Jeffrey actually being a cap casualty uh, and then J.J. Arcega-Whiteside eventually becoming the new number one receiver for Carson Wentz and Philly? Probably not going to happen this year, but could that happen in 2020? Or is that just, uh, again, being a little bit aggressive on the Arcega-Whiteside take? You know, Bulky, as, as much as it hurts me to say this, I am an Alshon Jeffrey owner in one of my leagues, and I absolutely could see him as a 2020 cap casualty. I mean, let's look. Next year, Jeffrey's going to be getting paid as a top 10 wide receiver. But the problem is that Philadelphia is not going to be getting top 10 wide receiver production. I look at a guy like J.J. Arcega-Whiteside that, you know, Philly drafted in the third round this year. He's got an eerily similar build to Alshon Jeffrey with a unique combination of size and strength. We're talking about a wide receiver that can play the outside. He can play the slot. He's got strong hands. And he could potentially be a dominant force in the red zone. He's a small kid coming out of the University of Stanford. You've got Carson Wentz, who's another small guy. I mean, he could, he, Wentz could really take a liking to this kid. We already know Nelson Aguilar's fallen out of favor with the coaching staff. I mean, rumors of, of, of him being traded, of him being released. Most of his production has come with Nick Foles on the center anyway. So, I mean, I'm expecting Ortega Whiteside to win the wide receiver three job outright, right out of the gate. I think he has a really great opportunity to build – a good rapport with Wentz in Tampa and in the preseason. And, uh, you know, Philly's going to be a really fun offense to watch uh, with their new additions this year, but Whiteside and Miles Sanders. If they can lock up Wentz long-term uh, to a contract, it's only going to improve the wide receivers and, and running backs upside. And, and I strongly, 
strongly would not be surprised if, if they cut Jeffrey next offseason going into 2020 and that Arcega Whiteside is going to be the number one receiver for the Philadelphia Eagles. Aunt Jemima chiming in in the chat room saying that Alshon Jeffrey is actually still on the board in his 750 Dynasty startup, and they are in the middle of round eight. Uh, Tupacker also chiming in saying, Alshon is going to be gone. So I look at uh, this situation, and, and Philadelphia, I think, is, you know, we'd probably say that it's a pretty smart front office there that run the organization well. And uh, what a lot of those great teams do well is they draft replacements and they draft depth at positions before it becomes an issue. And I think that's what Philadelphia did in the second round, making sure that they address the wide receiver position so that Arcega Whiteside can get his feet wet this year. Uh, make some plays, get in tune, get that chemistry, get that rapport going with Carson Wentz, and then whatever happens with Jeffrey next year, we'll see uh, whatever happens with D. Jackson and Nelson Aguilar next year. I mean, there could be a lot of changeover in that Philadelphia receiving core, Dave, and uh, you look at our Seagull Whiteside, maybe not the greatest choice in 2019 for fantasy, but in 2020, could be an interesting cat to own. Yeah, I took him in one league myself. I'm pretty happy. Did you really? Yeah, well, oh. he was late second round. Uh, oh, wow, he was still out there then. He was out there kind of. He, nice he does value. fall in some leagues. He falls actually, and uh, yeah, I think he's absolutely a prospect to look at. Uh, and Jeff, the thing is, Aguilar sucks. Jeffrey's no. Jeffrey's really no good. He hasn't been good in a few years. Everyone knows he gets hurt all the time. And, and think about the, you know, the, probably not worth thirteen million dollars. You brought up the point about being hurt all the time. Uh, it, the biggest pain. He's been hurt this year. The biggest pain or the biggest headache. He's questionable all the time. I mean, he's game time decision all the time. What happens when they play at that four o'clock game, or that Sunday night game, or that Monday night game? It, it drives you nuts. Our Seager Whiteside, by the way, small sample size for the FFPC rookie draft. He is going uh, right now on average at the 208. He's fallen as far as the 303. Uh, and obviously, we we look at the the tight ends being pushed up there. Um, three guys uh, solidly going ahead of him as far as rookie tight ends go. But there you go on our, our Seager Whiteside. J-Jaw, as the kids call him, Dave. Really? But, yeah, let's move on to the West Coast here. <laughs> yeah, so let's keep talking, let's keep talking receivers, Tony. Uh, we're talking about the 49ers. We have Dante Pettis. We have Debo Samuel just newly drafted. So you're watching the draft, and Debo gets drafted. Like, oh, you know, they got their receivers taken care of. And then what do they do? They take Jalen Hurd at 667, you know, right after Debo, not that much after him. I'm starting to like Jalen Hurd. He's a former five-star prospect. Uh, started out at running back, switched to wide receiver, moved to Baylor. Had a pretty good season in the one year that he played there. What do you think about Jalen Hurd? What do you think about him uh, fitting into Kyle Shanahan's offense in San Fran? You know, I see, I see Jalen Hurd as the defensive coordinator's worst nightmare. I really do. I mean, this guy can line up all over the field, and he can really be a mismatch for any defense. Unfortunately, sometimes success in reality doesn't really translate to success in fantasy. Uh, I, I see Hurd as a guy who, you know, he already switched positions at the collegiate level, okay? He was a former running back at Tennessee. And for those of you who don't know, he even played ahead of Alvin Kamara, folks. He played ahead of wow. Alvin Kamara at Tennessee. Yeah. I mean, he, he made the switch to wide receiver when he went to Baylor, all right, and the 49ers drafted him as such. But his, his elite size and athleticism already has Kyle Shanahan thinking about a position change for him yet again. He hinted at moving Jalen Hurts tight end, putting him in the backfield, just sliding him all around the formation. Obviously, you know, we all know the 49ers have a great tight end in George Kittle, set for another great season next year. Uh, they, they have a crowded backfield already with Jarek McKinnon returning. Matt Breed is still there. They just signed Tevin Coleman. Um, not to mention, you know, they spent the 36th overall pick on another wide receiver in Debo Samuel, who, who I believe is more of a natural wide receiver. And they still have Dante Pettis entering his sophomore season, who, you know, he's going to be looking to be making a jump in 2019. 
there are a lot of mouths to feed right now in this offense. And I think if if Hurd can show that he can, you know, learn the playbook, improve on his routes, his release, he could potentially see some looks on the outside from Jimmy Garoppolo. But ultimately, I don't really see him provide providing much of a fantasy impact for your team as much as he will for the 49ers in reality. Yeah, you know, you bring up a lot of point, uh, good points there, uh, Tony. A lot of uh, super talented skill position players in San Francisco. Dave, as we look at Jalen Hurd, maybe that's a concern for him. But as far as his talent goes, as far as the mismatches he might present for defenses, there is, uh, there's still a lot to like uh, from, from strictly a talent standpoint for him, right? Yeah, I mean, the way I'm looking at Jalen Hurd, a couple of points. First of all, if he does switch to tight end, we do eventually, whether it's the, you know, it's the middle of the season, whatever, he will become a 1.5 PPR player. I mean, that is... Wait a minute, in the middle of the season? That would no, happen? but I'm saying if he switches in the middle of the season, next, the next season... Oh, the next season, season he would, yeah. Oh, my God, you're so, making that my heart training, here. It happens in training camp. That's when he gets... If he gets right, started. yeah. So that actually impacts his, his ability. Uh, not his ability, but that impacts his scoring. The one thing just to, to bring up, I mean, he didn't test all that well at the combine, and he was coming up, coming up with a knee injury. There's a, an NFL.com story talks about his speed and, and his size and all that. It has him running the, the 40 in a 4.47 with a three-cone three drill of a 6.60. Wow. Which he didn't run at the combine, and he probably couldn't have. If I, I watched some of his tape last year. He has really fast feet. He's 6'4", 6'5", 225, and the coaches talk about bringing him up to 235. He could actually be Calvin Johnson's size. That's just, again, you're getting Jalen Hurd in the mid-third rounds a lot of these drafts, sometimes even later. I actually think he's still a pretty good deal, even with all the other talent that's on the team. Tony Castileo is our uh, guest tonight here on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour with Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak coming at you. Tony won the 500 number 26 last year, also won the title in the 500 number 18 two years ago uh, with the FFPC High Stakes Dynasty Drafts, and we are picking his brain on the NFL rookie class here. And let's talk a little Deontay Johnson. Now, his size is actually reminiscent of another MAC receiver that the Steelers uh, drafted, uh, uh, drafted fairly late. Um, uh, a while ago, and that was Antonio Brown. I'm not going to compare the two other than the fact that they're roughly the same size and they both went to schools in the MAC. but Antonio Brown's now uh, uh, in, uh, in Oakland, excuse me. Uh, do you think that Johnson has what it takes to be the number two receiver over James Washington right away in 2019, or are we going to be playing the waiting game with Deontay Johnson? I guess I want to get your handle on, on what you think of him as a dynasty prospect, Tony. You know, let me just say this. So over, over the last 15 or so years, the Pittsburgh Steelers, have, they've been notorious to select wide receivers in the draft that have had phenomenal NFL careers. From going back as far as Heinz Ward, Plaxico Burris, Antonio Holmes, guys a little bit more recent such as Mike Wallace, Emmanuel Sanders, Martavis Bryant, and obviously Antonio Brown and Juju Smith-Schuster. The, the list just goes on and on for Pro Bowl wide receiver after Pro Bowl wide receiver that this offense has produced. So let's, let's take a look at Deontay Johnson's competition right now. You have a guy like James Washington who really didn't flash much as a rookie last year. In 14 games, he only amounted 16 catches and 200-something yards. And uh, what do we have? New, newly signed Dante Moncrief. We all know what he is up until this point of his career. Deontay Johnson already signed his rookie contract with the Steelers. It's, now it's just a matter of time of getting to work. Now, if you're asking to fill the shoes of Antonio Brown, that the shoes that he left behind, that's, that's an unfair comparison, obviously. But with that said, I think the Pittsburgh Grass, Mike Tomlin, Ben Roethlisberger, I think that they'll be on a mission this year to show the rest of the league 
that they really rid themselves of the locker room cancer that they had in Antonio Brown. I mean, we'll, we'll call it a clean slate for what it is. I'm sure that, you know, we could all agree Deontay Johnson will not have Antonio Brown-type numbers this year. But it's hard to, to not think that the first team all-max receiver in college was not, in fact, drafted by the Steelers to be the long-term replacement for Brown. I mean, I could see the Steelers, the Steelers highlighting him in, this, in their offense as early as this year the same way they did last year with James Conner when they were without Le'Veon Bell. I mean, their position players are built for fantasy success based on their schematics alone. And I believe Deontay Johnson's playmaking abilities could land him in the starting job over Washington as early as this year. This kid plays like a young version of Emmanuel Sanders. And, uh, you know, he's going to be a great addition to this offense. Yeah, you make – I mean, honestly, I agree with a lot of what you're saying there. And Deontay Johnson, you, you, you don't have to pay a lot to get him in FFPC rookie drafts. I mean, the, the few that have gone off thus far, he has an ADP right now, and I just had it. Why do I always – I always lose this. Okay, 304 uh, is his current ADP. And uh, certainly you've got to like that spot for Deontay Johnson, a guy who doesn't have a ton of competition to face Dave for targets, a guy who could be making a lot of plays right away in 2019. That's totally possible. One thing just to bring up about FFPC ADP is that sometimes you'll have – there's only been six drafts that have been going on. And sometimes you have a player like uh, Jarek McKinnon, for example, he was dropped in one league. So he was taken 14th in that league. Or Ian Thomas was taken 17th in one league. So you'll see... Jared rook- Cook is another yeah, Jared one, Cook, Yeah, so you'll see rookies that are, you know, their ADP might be a little bit lower than it than maybe in your own draft. But I mean, also... Maybe somebody dropped, I don't know, Matt Ryan or something, and they want to bring right. him up at 203. I don't, you know, I don't know. We'll get a larger sample size uh, as, as this goes on, you know, as drafts kick off tomorrow uh, for, you know, the large majority of leagues, and, and we'll, we'll kind of get a better handle on this. Now, the only thing is, if you're in an FFPC dynasty, you're not going to have that data because it's going to be going on so, while you're drafting. Don't, 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 we're not going to encourage that kind of behavior. <laughs> don't draft. Either. Now, now, what we do want to encourage is this Todd Gurley discussion, this Daryl Henderson discussion, Dave, and the Rams' backfield in general here with Tony. All right, Tony. So, first of all, don't answer right away, but are you a Todd Gurley owner? But don't answer right away. And if you are a Todd Gurley owner, are red flags going off when you see that the Rams trade up 24 spots to 70? I mean, dude, that is a lot. That's a big thing, that, you know, 94 to 70. They took Daryl Henderson. Guy has amazing stats. He has, I mean, some of the stuff that he put up, his yards per carry, his yards before contact, and his yards after contact out of Memphis are crazy. And then, uh, am I bringing up this news article, or are we not talking about that yet? Um, uh, I mean, Les, you, Les, you Les can Les touch Les it. We are going to talk about it later in the show, but you can bring it up right now. Let's need make, made mention of the Henderson could be like uh, Alvin Kamara Light or Kamara Light or yeah. something like that. The, well, I mean, if you want to know the actual quote, he said. Oh, okay, here we go. Yeah, he said, um, he gives us an Alvin Kamara element. Is, is what he said. Um, and uh, actually, you know, for what it's worth, the team also compared him to Lance Dunbar, too. So there, there is that. <laughs> you know, Deontay Johnson, you get compared to Dre Archer, or, you know, oh, yeah, you know oh, yeah. Troy Edwards yeah. or Marcus Wheaton, too, if All right, so, so let's answer, let's, Tony, let's have you answer the, the first part of the question first. Do you own Todd Gurley in any of your dynasty leagues? I do, actually. I, I am a Todd Gurley owner in uh, FFPC 500, number 26. I am an owner of Todd Gurley, and uh, no, I'd be lying. So, so, so coming off the league, the the oh, league. Go ahead, no, no, I just want to say that to confirm, this is the league you are coming off the title in that you own yeah. Gurley in. So, have you have you been shopping him? Are you looking to acquire Henderson? What's been your approach as far as the the Gurley damage control right now? Well, as, as far as shopping Todd Gurley, I mean, I, I think as an owner of Todd Gurley right now, you're not really going to get full value for him. You know, with all the reports coming out. 
uh, you know, with the arthritis in his knee and everything. I mean, if, if I'm not a Todd Gurley owner, I'm definitely looking to buy low on Todd Gurley at this point, hoping that the owner um, is out there just, you know, looking to get rid of him and is scared off by these reports. But, I mean, as a Todd Gurley owner myself, I'd be lying to you if I said I wasn't worried about him heading into next year. I mean, you have all sorts of concerns here, beginning with the workload at the end of last season, arguably costing the Rams a Super Bowl. I mean, the fact that the Rams traded up 24 spots, like you said, to get Darrell Henderson tells me, you know, he's going to be more than just a compliment to Todd Gurley. Folks, listen up. If you're a Todd Gurley owner, Darrell Henderson is the Todd Gurley insurance policy. I, I can't help but to think when watching film on this guy, he actually reminds me a lot of Todd Gurley, the way he runs the football. He's fast. He's powerful. He's explosive. This guy should be a surefire first-round pick in upcoming dynasty rookie drafts. And I've seen him go, I've seen him go as early as 1.6. I mean, I, I strongly suggest that all Gurley owners out there go out, trade up in your rookie drafts, get this guy as your insurance policy. I mean, of course, this could all be for naught, and, you know, Gurley could come out of the gates in 2019 looking like the Todd Gurley of old, getting 25 to 30 touches a game like we all know he could. I mean, obviously, that would leave the Henderson trade, the trade-off for Henderson, and the matched off the sheet for Malcolm Brown, you know, as an afterthought. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. John Terry, uh, answer I'm also chiming in in the chat. Two 750 startups he's in. Uh, Todd, Todd Gurley goes at the 105 in one of them. He goes at the 207 in the other one. So certainly a polarizing wow. player as we oh, look. Wow. Yeah, as we look uh, to Todd Gurley going forward. I, I don't think I'd take the risk. Um, you know, you know, it's, Todd Gurley's not old, but it's not not like he's young anymore either. Um, well, he, okay, an article I posted from the New York Times just today on Twitter. Sure, it states that people that get ACL having ACL surgeries uh, generally will two thirds of them, I believe it is will get arthritis within 10 years of their surgery. Todd Gurley had surgery on that five years ago, I want to say? Yeah, again, within 10 years. You know, Jack Hahn, why is he supposed to, oh, I have five more years. No, it's like within. It doesn't right. mean that yeah. after 10 years. Right. It's just that it, arthritis comes on to a lot of people. Um, he can get stem cell treatments. Um, I, I think that that's something he should be doing. Uh, I prefer the cultured stem cell where you leave the United States and actually... Well, with Belichick Jr. running more, things in L.A., we'll never find out yeah, if he get was Get more stem cells. Leave Maybe. the country, go to Europe, go to the Caymans, get the stem cells for God's sake. Let's get... Uh, let's, can we get... Um, uh, Rob, why don't we uh, get somebody on Todd Gurley's Instagram and start checking that out? See if he's been posting any the photos in, we in Europe. Put, we should put some affiliate links like on, on, on Todd Gurley's Twitter. You know, like uh, Regenex, you know... Well, out. I mean, what, what, get, what, get the, get the I, I just, I, I just think if, if we're finding out that he's all of a sudden vacationing overseas or, or Europe, I'm like, you know, that, that, uh, you know, that, that uh, is what we want to see. But you make a good point about Henderson. And this is a guy that is going um, right around the end of the first round of FFPC rookie drafts. I selected him in a rookie draft already. I feel really good about that. I don't have Gurley in that league, but I'm, you know, I'm hoping to catch lightning in a bottle there a little bit. Uh, but you're right. I think at, at, at a minimum, he is going to be heavily involved in this uh, Rams ground game. And, you know, even best case scenario for Gurley, let's say his knee checks out. Let's say he's healthy enough to give it a go and he's playing every week. I really can't see them consistently giving him the workload that they gave him last year. You know, maybe they do. I, I don't know. I just feel like when you, when you make this move to trade up for Henderson, uh, I, I think that's, that's a big-time tell of how you plan to utilize these running backs going forward. Remember, they, Detroit signed Malcolm Brown to that deal, and the Rams could have let him go. The Rams chose to match it, and Malcolm Brown is back in that Rams backfield in 2019 as well. Uh, we're talking with Tony Cass. 
actually are the champion of the FFPC 500 number 26 league here tonight on the HSFFR. Let's keep talking about these rookie running backs. David Montgomery. Now, he is a guy that goes to, uh, to the Chicago Bears, should have a big-time role right away in 2019, along with uh, Mike Davis and Tariq Cohen as his major competition for touches in that backfield. But Devin Singletary, I look at this guy, uh, Tony, he's going to be competing with LaShawn McCoy, who is being talked about as a cap casualty, Frank Gore, who is, I mean, you know, o- older than all of us combined, and then you have T.J. Yeldon, who they just signed, who's a decent pass catcher. I don't know if he's a, you know, an early down banger, but I look at Devin Singletary. He probably has the most upside of everybody in that backfield. I'm wondering if he, if you think he might be the better dynasty pick between the two, or are you still on uh, team Montgomery for dynasty drafts? I'll tell you right now, uh, Dave, David Montgomery, this is one of my favorite picks in the draft right now. He's my number one running back of this entire rookie class. Even, even, before Josh Jacobs, I'm taking David Montgomery. I'm going all in on this guy, folks, period. This, he couldn't have landed in a better spot in Chicago. I mean, he's handpicked by offensive guru Matt Nagy. Bears traded up for him in the third round to select what Nagy's already calling him his three-down back, comparing him to Kareem Hunt. He's a hard runner on the inside. He's solid in pass protection, as well as a great receiver out of the backfield. It's, it's going to be real hard to get this guy off the field. I mean, he's definitely going to be a hit to uh, Tariq Cohen's PPR upside this year. As for Devin Singletary, I mean, like you said, he's, he's, he's buried on the depth chart right now. He's all the way down to number four behind McCoy, Gore, and Yeldon, as you mentioned. But, I mean, you have to take into consideration, too, that Josh Allen is going to be running the football as well. He's a solid runner, as proven as, uh, you know, in 2018, rushing over 100 yards in two or three games. I mean, he's going to take away a lot of touches out of that backfield as well. So, I mean, unless, unless LaShawn McCoy is going to be released or traded, I really don't see Devin Singletary seeing all that much action this year. But as an owner, if you could be patient, this pick could pay off big time in the long run. I mean, he reminds me of a juiced-up Darren Sproles, like a Darren Sproles on steroids pretty much. Buffalo will obviously need to make some, some significant upgrades to their offensive line in the future. But let me tell you, this kid Singletary, he's got a big motor. He's going to be an extraordinary asset to this backfield in the years to come. Let's follow up with that Montgomery uh, take that you have over Jacobs. You, I mean, it's clearly, you know, it's clear why you like David Montgomery. Is there anything um, that, that sticks out of why you don't like Josh Jacobs, or is this more of a, of a commentary on how much you love Montgomery rather than how much you dislike uh, Josh Jacobs? Well, you know, it's kind of a combination of both. I mean, let, let's look at the Bears right now. I mean, they have uh, Mitch Trubisky going into his third year. Still a lot of growing to do. Um, you know, they don't really have – uh, like a surefire wide receiver one. Allen Robinson obviously, um, you know, isn't what we all thought him that thought that he would be, you know, coming out of coming coming out of Jacksonville signing the big contract with the Bears. I mean, I think they're going to be a run first team. Montgomery's going to be, you know, running that football. You know, they have a better offensive line than the Oakland Raiders. Let's not forget they traded away one of their offensive guards to the New York Jets this year. Oakland's offensive line isn't all that it's made out to be. And, uh, you know, I'm not really the biggest believer in uh, John Gruden and Derek Hart. So I, I'm kind of just down on the entire Oakland, Oakland offense as a whole right now. Antonio Brown, stock is down for me. Josh Jacobs, stock is down. I mean, I'm just – I'm a big believer in Dave, Dave Montgomery at this point. And I'm, uh, I think he'd be the number one running back of this entire rookie class. All right. So the next question is really stupidly written, so I'm going to read it anyway. The Packers are not thrown to their tight ends historically, but 
By the way, they have a brand new offensive coordinator, so who gives a shit who they? Oh, no, here we go. Historically, here we go. Offensive new coordinator. <clears throat> anyway, but they burned a second-day pick on Jace Sternberger. Cool name this season. It's going to be a homegrown relevant Packers tight end for the first time in a long time. No, I, t- I tell you now, as soon as the Packers selected this kid, I, I immediately thought he's going to be the number two option behind Devontae Adams. I thought this came across my mind. And they have not had a homegrown relevant tight end since the days of Jermichael Finley, dating all the way back when they drafted him in 2008. And to say that the Green Bay Packers offense was a disappointment last year, I mean, that would be an understatement. I think we can all agree with that. Jimmy Graham, he played in all 16 games last year, had one of the worst seasons of his illustrious career, scored only two touchdowns, and uh, he came in with under 650 yards for the third time in the last four years, folks. He's going he's to be turning 33 later this season. This guy's career is over. I'm pretty certain the Pack will be looking to see if they have the, the tight end of the future at some point this season. I mean, we all heard reports earlier this offseason the dysfunctional relationship between Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy last year translated onto the field with Rodgers having some distrust in a few of his rookie wide receivers, mainly Marquise Valdez-Scantling, as evidence shows, a major drop-off in his production towards the end of the season. I think Rodgers was going to be looking for somebody he could trust this year, and hopefully Sternberger will be someone that he can develop an instant rapport with. I mean, Jay Sternberger, he's a crisp route runner. He runs his routes, and we all know, if you can't run routes, you're automatically going to be in Rodgers' doghouse. I mean, Sternberger has good speed. He, he really plays the game like he's a wide receiver. So, I mean, to stay on the field, I mean, obviously he'll need to improve on his blocking. As, you know, we all know most rookie tight ends are a work in progress, already having trouble adapting to the increased demand that the position requires at the NFL level. But, uh, you know, Sternberger's, Sternberger's success will mainly be tied to his pass-catching abilities. I, I would really expect him to make like a Julius Thomas type impact for the Green Bay Packers in the very near future. Dave, producer Rob is actually fact-checking you here on uh, apparently there is not a coaching change in Green Bay from last year. Uh, apparently it is still Aaron Rodgers uh, coaching the ah, team. There, Rob, so. you're right. You're so right about that, buddy. For whatever it's worth there, uh, we'll see what happens. Maybe this is uh, maybe this uh, Matt McClure getting his ear. Let's get a couple of emails here. Uh, for you tonight, Tony, that came in, and I think they are both, yeah, they're actually both redraft emails, but I'm going to read them anyway. Uh, Danny in Tampa writes, hey, Tony, is Golden Tate the only receiver to target and draft this year from the Giants, or should I look at Shepard or Coleman, too? That is Danny in Tampa. Danny, thank you so much for the email. Your thoughts on the Giants pass catchers this year, Tony? You know, I'm actually a Golden Tate owner in a few leagues this year, and I've been looking to sell, sell, sell on Golden Tate. Um, I mean, those are in dynasty leagues. In terms of redraft, I think Golden Tate could be in line for anywhere from 75 to 80 catches this year um, in Pat Shermer's offense with Eli Manning. I mean, look, it all depends really if who, who's quarterbacking the offense for the New York Giants. Is it going to be Eli Manning, the check down king, or is it going to be the new rookie, Daniel Jones? Who, you know, we all know rookies can check down as well. I mean, I, I would see Golden Tate possibly as the number one wide receiver for the New York Giants. I mean, we, we all know Sterling Shepard just signed that massive contract extension. Um, in Dynasty, I'd be looking more towards uh, Shepard, obviously, with the age and the, uh, you know, age on his side and, and the contract. Uh, that is mostly in his favor. Um, but as far as redraft is concerned, I don't, see, I, don't, I don't see why Golden State can't get eight to 900 yards with 
you know, six or seven touchdowns for the New York Giants heading into next year. Let's uh, – I'll just briefly touch on this. Uh, Golden Tate currently going at the 10.08 in FFPC best ball redrafts right now, which to me seems like a pretty good value, especially, Tony, if he's going to get that 75 to 80 catches this year. I'd be all over Golden Tate in the 10th round for sure. Uh, Chuck in Centennial, Colorado, let's get to his email. How many running backs would you draft in front of Le'Veon Bell this year? Thanks and congrats on the Dynasty Championship, Tony. That is Chuck in Centennial, Colorado. Uh, thank you for the email, Chuck. Now, before you answer this, Tony, I will tell you, in FFPC best ball drafts, uh, currently Le'Veon Bell, on average, is going as the seventh running back off the board behind Barkley, Elliott, McCaffrey, Kamara, Gordon, and Gurley. Those are the six running backs uh, going before him. David Johnson going right after Bell. Do you agree with that list? Is it with? I mean, uh, I think I'm – well, I know I would take Bell ahead of Gurley right now, but where do you place Le'Veon Bell among those running backs, Tony, for redraft purposes? So, redraft purposes, I would, pl- I would probably uh, take Bell in the top five or six. I mean, obviously you're looking at the top four dogs in Barkley, McCaffrey, Elliott, and uh, Kamara. You know, they're, they're in, you know, high-octane offenses. They're going to be receiving, you know, a ton of touches a ton of touchdown opportunities. Um, I, would, I would rank Le'Veon Bell as the number five running back right now in, uh, in redraft. You know, he's, uh, you know he, he's on a new team. He's going to be highly mo- motivated, trying to prove a point. I mean, obviously, as I mentioned before with Todd Gurley, we don't know what's going to happen with Todd Gurley next year. He could be the Todd Gurley of old, like I mentioned, and, you know, we could all uh, just forget about whatever happened at the end of last year. Or – you know, he'll be extremely limited, and this guy will be receiving only 10 to 12 touches a game, and you're wasting a first or second round pick on him. I think Le'Veon Bell is really going to be provide a, a big spark for Adam Gase's new offense, and I look forward to him being a top five running back next year. Tony Castellano, the 500 number 26 dynasty champ, uh, joining the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour tonight. Davey's been very gracious with his time. However, we got to we got to grill him a little bit more on this last question before we let him go for the for the evening. All right, I have a few rookie drafts left still, so I need your information. Okay, perfect. We need a guy you'll be staying away from in rookie drafts this season, as well as a sleeper in your dynasty rookie draft that you'll be looking to acquire on all of your dynasty squads. We won't tell anyone. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the main guys that I'm going to be staying away from in rookie drafts this year is going to be Marquise Brown. I mean, I know he was the first wide receiver taken in the NFL draft, but this guy had high prospects leading up to the draft, and I think he just got a case of landing in an unfortunate situation with the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, this is a team that obviously ran the ball a ton last year, over 65% of the time in certain games last year, as much as 40 rushes per game. I mean, we all know they added Malkin. You know, he's only going to play more into the facet of their game-day strategy. I really don't see Lamar Jackson improving much through the air this year, as most of his fantasy success has come on the ground anyway. So, I mean, Marcus Brown could certainly take the top off the defense, but, you know, let's not forget, folks, he did come into this uh, combine with a Liz Frank injury. And, uh, you know, at a young age, that can be really concerning. One can only hope that it doesn't affect him long term. I mean, I have, I have Brown as a weekly boomer bust, low-volume wide receiver with an extremely, extremely low floor, just like the 2018 version of John Brown when Lamar Jackson took over. I mean, the offense yeah. in Baltimore and <laughs> combined with, uh, with his foot injury concern, for, for a vertical deep threat wide receiver, it, it has me shying away from him in the upcoming rookie drafts. I mean, sticking with the – It's a poor, poor man's Deshaun Jackson, right? 
started uh, format <laughs> Deshaun Jackson? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, as far as the sleep is concerned, uh, sticking with the Baltimore Ravens here, guys, um, as I mentioned, they're a run-first team. They just so happen to draft a really nice compliment to their run game in Justice Hill. And I believe, I believe he posted a top two spark score at the Combine. Running, he ran a 4 4 uh, at the Combine. I think he can be an excellent compliment to Mark Ingram as a change-of-pace runner. And, uh, you know, he'll have the chance to display that explosiveness this year in that Baltimore backfield. They're going to give him plenty of opportunity to do so. And, uh, you know, he's going to be a really great value pick as one of my sleepers at the end of the second round. Yeah, Baltimore really made an emphasis on, on drafting speed, not, not only with Brown and Hill, like you mentioned, but Miles Boykin as well, joining that receiving core in, uh, in Baltimore. So certainly a situation that we'll be paying attention to, especially given Lamar Jackson running the show there, a guy I really like in fantasy as well, Dave. Bulky, uh, Lamar Jackson last, just a uh, random stat, weeks 11 through 16 last year had 77.6 yards per game rushing. Uh, that would be a, that'd be a 1,242 rushing yards. Wow. For Lamar Jackson, those are the games that he started and was the preemptive passer as the main guy. Think that's sustainable? I don't know. That's the question. I look at a lot of the, the projections. A lot of people are projecting for like 700, 800 rushing yards, and it's like, well, dude, he, he averaged almost 80 yards rushing per game. I don't. I, I think that maybe it's not quite sustainable. But why aren't you projecting for like 950 or a thousand? That could be. You know, that's where it sounds more logical. Same thing like a Kyler Murray. I mean, that's, that's his game, man. He runs a lot. Yeah. So, anyway, go ahead. Lamar Jackson runs a ton. So, we could we could be saying, and listen, you and I both own him in Dynasty Leagues. Uh, did you own him in any redraft? I owned him in a couple of redraft leagues last year. I picked him up after he got took over for Flacco. Yeah, not much, but uh, I will this year probably. Yeah, year. we oh. definitely like him. We definitely like Tony Castileo for coming on the show tonight, talking a little FFPC rookie draft. I think we're all a little bit smarter as far as our Dynasty chops go after talking to you, Tony. You certainly brought... The Thunder tonight, we uh, really appreciate that. Good luck in your FFPC uh, rookie drafts. Good luck in all your leagues this year, Tony. Thanks so much for coming on the show. I think Dave has one last thing he wants to say. Well, Tony, I just want to make sure you go to bed, get some sleep, because the drafts all start tomorrow. So you can wake up, look at your, look at your monitor, and then sit there for 12 hours while some knob doesn't make a bed. <laughs> so, so feel free. <laughs> yeah, that happens from time to time. You just gotta, it, it comes with the territory of, uh, you know, dynasty rookie drafts. I always well, uh, think to do very it. Much for having me. I really appreciate it. All right, yeah, thanks, Tony. Thank, that, thank you, Tony. We'll uh, we'll talk to you again real soon, dude. This was great. All right, thank you, guys. Tony Castellano, ladies and gentlemen, the FFPC 500 number 26 uh, champion from last year already has the 500 number 18 league title on Tony, under his 26ers? belt. No, he's not a 26er. No. So 26 doesn't matter for the, the that league. 26 doesn't matter. No, it does not. However. Speaking of 26ers, stay tuned for the end of the show because uh, our guest next week may have something to do with the 26ers. So we'll we'll talk about it. Sorry, it's been a thing for a couple years now. Uh, So great stuff from him, FFPC Rookie Drafts, uh, kicking off tomorrow. Remember, you can go to myffpc.com and join an FFPC Dynasty startup uh, drafting either tomorrow or on the 18th. That's when uh, the next batch of them will go off. And then you too can participate in the Rookie Drafts going forward. Uh, to infinity, uh, as long as the FFPC is around. Thanks to Football Guys, Roto World, and Rob for tonight's rundown. Uh, Ian Rappaport from the NFL Network, Dave, reported that the Vikings have apparently broken off extension talks with their Pro Bowl tight end, Kyle Rudolph. Now, they had been working on this extension for a while, but they've reached an impasse. <laughs> I love the word impasse. Really? Why is that? I don't know. It's just kind of a fun word. That, you know, kind of like the word keen. 
People don't yeah. say it often enough. No, they don't. I'd be keen if you said impasse more often. Uh, well, I certainly neither party was keen on an impasse here. However, the Vikings were ready, uh, prepared for uh, his replacement as they get Irv Smith 50th overall in the draft a couple of weeks ago. So it already appeared that Kyle Rudolph was not long for the Vikings. And uh, he's drawing some trade interest as well. He's been in the league for eight years, caught 64 balls last year. That was seventh best among all the tight ends. He's going to be making $7.5 million this year, the final year of his current contract. So as far as dynasty rookie drafts go, does this make Irv Smith a little bit more enticing? Or did this just kind of reinforce your thinking on Rudolph not being around for the Vikings in 2020? Uh, the latter for me. I'm, right. I'm not personally. I'm not interested in Irv Smith at all, and the, the reason is his his other than the 40 yard dash, he is a whole bag of average or worse. Hmm. My wife calls me that a lot. If you you know whole if, bag of average. If you ever go to Mock Draftable? It's you know it's this website. Good it's, good website. Yeah. yeah. Mock Draftable. Type in Irv Smith. His height. Just I'll give you some of the height percentile seven, weight percentile eight, wingspan five, arm length five, hand size twenty two. 40-yard dash, he ran a 463, 83rd percentile. Vertical, 44th percentile. Broad jump, 21st. Three cone drill, 25th. 20-yard shuttle, 56th. 60-yard shuttle, 4th. Bench press, 40th. Not very good. I mean, it's a what look, look, look at this, dude. It's ugly. Yeah, yeah, look at ugly that's, that's not good. What do you think a guy like that, though, that is, I mean, you're talking about he's height. He's a very young guy. But anyway. Right. But you're talking about height and weight and everything like that. And, and he's, he's, you know, in the third and fourth percentile or whatever it was. Wouldn't you think a guy like that would be better on the measurable side? Yeah. Like, he, he'd be faster. Yeah, faster, like a really quick three More times. agile, yeah. yeah. So here, I mean, just by comparison, I mean, Graham, no, this is great radio, of course. Hey, Bucky, look at this. Yeah. Like, here's David and Joku. Dave Gerzak is taking off his shirt right now, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, David, yeah, right. David and Joku, look at that. I mean, it's like, it's incredible, right? Yeah. And they were both, you know, Oh, that was in Joku that you yeah, just showed me? Wow. Yeah, he covers most of the What a disparity. And the reason that, you know, Joku was another guy who came out at a young age, right? So, it just to me, it's like, don't think Irv Smith is this, like, super athletic player coming out at a young age. He also didn't have a very high market share. Now, granted, the team he played for, he's not going to get that because he's, he's just not, there's so many studs there, he's not going to get as, many, as much market share, but. I don't know. To me, there's some danger. There's some concerns there. I know a lot of people like him. I would probably look at some of the other players after him, actually, like a Josh Oliver or uh, the water polo player. What's his name? Warring. Uh, Warring. Kahili Warring. Yeah. He's got huge pipes. He's a big, big arms guy. <laughs> uh, well, there you go. Uh, currently, right now, Irv Smith in FFPC drafts going at the 205 uh, in Ken, tight end premium league. Uh, but you can uh, get guys like, well, no, we've talked about some. We'll, we'll get into some there. of the other guys. He's kind of on his own, though, because Sternberger comes after him. 211 for Sternberger. And then those other guys start going on like, later, you know, like Oliver and uh, Waring and all that. Mu- yeah, much later. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at this right now. Oliver, 408. Again, um, this is in, you know. A handful five, of leagues. Yeah. Waring, 502. So yep, they, yeah, they have it. Yeah. So. All right, moving on. Let's talk about the Patriots because uh, – I, we always talk about the Patriots. Awesome. Don Charles Inman is now a New England Patriot. Played for the Indianapolis Colts okay, last year. Okay, don't draft him. Signed a one-year deal. Can I get the thing <laughs> off right, before you start so You were talking about Don Charles Inman. Uh, New England was not able to sign Golden Tate and Adam Humphreys this year, but they've already signed Demarius Thomas. They took Nikhil Harry uh, with the final pick of the first round of the NFL draft, and now they add Don Charles Inman. Now, reminder, Josh Gordon's still suspended. Marius Thomas may not even make the team as he's recovering from a torn Achilles. Uh, you have Philip Dorsett there, Dave. I'm looking at um, these Patriots receivers. For redraft purposes, are you interested in any New England receiver not named Harry or Edelman? No. Me neither. No, why? 
What's the percentage chance Thomas makes this team? I don't know. Not that great. I he's think it's less than 50%. Yeah, coming off the, you know, I, I, I love Demarius Thomas. He was a great player. Unfortunately, coming off that injury, it's just not happening. And he's on the wrong side at 30. These are not injuries that typically uh, you come back from. I guess no, what just, works in his favor is he's not a guy who's ever relied on his speed too much. No, that's true. Um, he's a crafty guy, knows how to get open. And quite frankly, maybe that's what Tom Brady needs uh, to, to throw to. I don't think he's going to make teams. What about Ben Watson? We're going to talk about him oh, in a sorry. little bit. We'll talk about him in a little bit. But Same team. Let's wait. <laughs> well, do you want to talk about Watson right now? We can. I don't really care. Hold on. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's wait. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. Guys, we're just talking about the receivers only. Correct? Only receivers. We're going to we're going to dumb this down and make it let's as easy on. to understand as possible. <laughs> um, Manuel Sanders already running after his Achilles uh, injury as our scoop two-packer is reporting is he being in the chased chat. being chased by NFL DBs and uh, making catches? Uh, you're running, but mean you're playing in the NFL. I mean, this is a big difference. Well, it'd be better. I mean, it's better than not running at this point, for what it's worth. Which is not much. But Manuel yeah. Sanders didn't he tear his Achilles kind of late in the season too, and he's already running. Yeah, that's good. It's on the fast track. You should be. Uh, you should be trading Dave. for him. Yes, exactly. Meyer, trade for him. Or Dave, trade for him. I happen to own him in a league that I'm in with both of you guys. I'd be happy to uh, ship him your you know, way. Sanders was drafted by the Steelers originally. He was indeed, Manny Sanders. Let's move on, Dave, uh, and talk about this Daryl Henderson thing. Uh, again, I want to circle back on this. Um, Les Snead, the general manager of the Rams, I read the quote earlier, talking about him giving the Rams a Camara element. Sean McVay. We identified him as a guy that has a specific skill set. Who's the last guy who said that? Liam Neeson and Taken? (laughs) I have a specific set of skills that will be able to slice up your defense. (laughs) If you don't hand her back, I will find you. And I will kill you. Yeah. Who's the... Yeah. Um, It's like, uh, if you're a safety in the defense, I will find you. And I will run you over. Um, Anyway, the full quote from McVeigh. Uh, that can really do some unique things for us offensively. He was one of those guys that stood out for us, so we're excited about getting him here. Uh, he's a big play guy, Dave, in, in Henderson, um, and this is an offense that featured C.J. Anderson down the stretch as a pretty special runner. Obviously, it wasn't. I mean, he went to Detroit uh, afterwards. The Ram made no intention of, of keeping him, but I'm really happy to get Daryl Henderson at the 201 in the one rookie draft I've had thus far. In FFPC best ball, I think he is just going to continue to climb, uh, especially with the miss and disinformation we're getting out of the Rams right now. His ADP and re- redraft, you want to take a guess at where it is? Which one? Redraft, ADP, Daryl Henderson. Uh, 907. 809. Oh. So he is a climbing. That's as pretty, I feel pretty good. That was cool. He's gone as early as the 705 already, too. So he is a name to watch out for. By the way, uh, I noticed an exchange between you and Evan Silva on Twitter. Evan Silva had uh, <laughs> had a thought on, on uh, Daryl Henderson. Yeah, I just, I, he was, I don't know what his post was about. It was something random about uh, the Rams. And I said, oh, yeah, the, oh, it was something about the Rams interior offensive line not being that great. Uh, not that, that they, they weren't that great. Inexperienced. Right. They, they've had very right. little experience. I'm like, that's bad news. They're starting running back Daryl Henderson. You know, being jokey. Right. And he, what did he say? He said, uh, "He said, oh, you mean that league winner? Yeah, right, yeah. league winner. And then a bunch of people like him. But, you know, I'm glad good old Evan Silva engaged with me. Good for him. He's, yeah. he's great. He'll be in pros versus Joe. I don't think that's been officially announced yet. I would imagine he'd be back in pros versus Joe. Yeah, here's a, here's a, yeah, here's a reveal. Evan Silva's back. 
Okay, well, there you go. He's, there worth, you go. he's worth bringing back. This is why you come listen to the show live. Dude, do we, do we see, do we, do we not, so we don't trust the Rams when they talk about Gurley's injuries not being that big. I don't think we can, no. But, the, but when they say positive stuff, well, that, that, we believe that. Well, what positive stuff? The Camara thing? Yeah, like, oh, it's like, well, okay, but, you know what I'm saying? I'm just, right, I understand that, but, but then at the same point, remember that they also comped him to Lance Dunbar, too, so, I mean, just, it is what it is, so. But it makes a little sense, though, right? It makes sense that they would lie about Gurley, but yet, but, but tell the truth about what they think of Henderson, because that's, what, what, are, they, what are they really trying, what are they I, trying I, to do? Well, I think what they're doing is they're selling, like, like regardless of Gurley, guys, this is a super special player that, that, right, we, just, drafted, right? that, so, that we drafted, so, that we felt like we had to make the, the opportunity, we had to take the opportunity to move up in the draft right. to get a player of his ilk. But that's, the real question is, why would they say it? Why would Les Snead and why would Sean McVay really say those things? Because they're trying to cover for Gurley? No. Why would they say them personally? What do you mean? Why would they say these things about Henderson? Why would they say those to things? To make themselves look good? Yeah, so why would they want to make themselves look good? Because they don't want to get fired? Exactly. Right. That is exactly it. Because they want to keep their jobs. Right. Okay. It's not that hard. It's just like anybody else. You kiss, the, you know, kiss your boss's ass and you, you know, stay puffery about right. all the good stuff you're doing. Yeah. Oh, I just filed these TPS reports. It's great. Yeah. So there you go. Okay. Well, that's another. That's, that's their, another that's their TPS report. You and I both like Henderson, though, for what it's worth. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, move on and wrap up Fantasy Flash here. Ryquel Armstead uh, signed a four-year deal this past Thursday. Financial terms of the contract not immediately available. Armstead, he's fast. He's tough. He can run inside the tackles. Just hasn't done a whole lot with catching the football. When he, where did he go to college? Temple? Where did he go to Temple? Um, what does that mean? He's an outlaw. Oh, oh yeah, there you go. That's, a, that's one of your radio jokes, Paul. You can go ahead. Uh, oh god, I had I had some winners today. <laughs> I, I'll t- I'll tell you this right now. So we review these craft beers. Oh yeah, tell us tell us about where's this show again? I'm not familiar. Well, Dave, if you listen to the score, <laughs> 95.3 FM and uh, AM 1570, you can also download the score app uh, on uh, on the uh, the. Uh, Internet? Google Play and, and the App Store, <laughs> and you can listen live uh, whenever you want on there. Well, one of the segments that we have is uh, we have a craft beer review segment on Thursdays, and uh, I, I was lucky enough. In fact, I have the can here tonight. I think I have the can, yeah. This is from the Oscar Blues nice. um, Oscar Blues Brewery. Guns and Roses? Guns and Rosé. It's a rosé oh, ale. Oh, that's, okay? that's a cool looking can. So, so I was giving my review of this, right? Yeah. And I said... Welcome to the jungle. This sour ale packs a punch. <laughs> nice. Take me down to the Paradise City because the citrus flavor and the tropical notes on this will get you on vacation fast. And then I said, you know, with the combination of the sour, the combination of the tart, the combination of the sweet citrus in here, it's really a unique flavor, all your own. You might even call it sweet child of mine. Oh, no. Yeah, everybody, so was, everybody was groaning on that one, but uh, I think everybody <laughs> still enjoyed it as well. So, it's so easy. Yeah, right. Okay, so uh, getting back to Armstead, I don't even know how we get on the topic of that, but getting back to Armstead, is he the, I mean, is he the handcuff to own for redraft leagues over Alfred Blue if you own Fournette? Because we've seen Fournette's ankle problems yeah. in the past. You, you probably do want to handcuff him because you probably will miss a couple of weeks. I think so. I think Armstead's got to go, and I think Albert Blue is a known quantity, and he's not that great. He never really usurped uh, Lamar Miller, and had plenty of opportunities. Yeah, well, he really did have plenty of opportunities. And I'm, you know, I'm back on mock draftable, and you look at Rifle Armstead; he's got some interesting comps. 
One is Ben Jarvis, Green Ellis, whatever, no big deal. One other one, Michael Turner, 2004. The Accumulator. Chester Taylor, Darius Geist, and also on the aforementioned Lamar Miller. Yeah. So he's a fast guy. doesn't catch a lot of passes, at least not right now. But he's a, he's got a high speed score. He's got some skills, man. I think he's worth taking a look at in a later third, fourth round of rookie draft. If you do end up taking Fournette in a redraft league this year, you do want to back him up. We are officially endorsing Ryquel Armstead over Alfred Blue as the handcuff this year. Not necessarily. Well, oh, well, I mean, okay, so I brought this up before the show. Tom Coughlin is, is the type of guy that usually shows veteran um, leniency or, or he, he shows um, favor to the veterans in this offense. And they just brought in, they went out and brought in Alfred Blue. Now, granted, they didn't have Armstead at the time they signed Alfred Blue. But I think that there is something to be said for that. Now, I don't know. I, well, I do know Blue does not represent the upside that Armstead has. Uh, so certainly you can go that way. I don't think that people are going to be clamoring to grab Alfred Blue in uh, redraft league this year. Well, he, here's, here's the thing. It's like if, if Leonard Fournette gets hurt and Blue becomes a starter, he's had that opportunity before. He never really gets more than 12 points a game. So you're not getting crap. Right. If you're a main event, it doesn't really do much for you. But if he comes to Armstead, maybe he could be as good or better than Leonard Fournette produ- production-wise. I'm right. not saying better than you know, overall talent. But on you know, a short-term basis, if you're doing redraft, why not look at the guy who's never done anything? At least you know his ceiling is way the hell higher than Alfred Blue's and his floor. Who cares what his floor is? He's just a guy in your roster. He is a Jag. Uh, Reichwell Armstead, 312, uh, currently going in FFPC rookie drafts. Let's move on to fantasy feedback and kick things off with Rod in Los Angeles. <laughs> I like that. Rod. Yeah, it's a great name. Rod Stewart, maybe. Uh, could be. Wake up, Maggie May. I picked up on you tweeting about – he didn't write that. Uh, Dave, I picked you up on tweeting about Andy Isabella more than anyone else. Can you clue me in? on why you like him so much. That is Rod in Los Angeles, and uh, certainly appreciate uh, him chiming in. Have I told him lately that I love him? I don't know, but I will <laughs> let him know right now That's pretty funny. Uh, that I am a big fan of Rod Stewart. Who's the guy that – there's a guy who shows up, and maybe the chat room can help me. There's a guy who shows up at the FFPC live events every year. It looks exactly like Rod Stewart. You know who I'm talking about? He, he's at the, he's at the no. opening game viewing party. Oh, gosh. He looks, he, I've seen him probably like four or five times there already. I don't know who he is. Um, maybe it is Rod Stewart. For all, uh, I, have, I have no idea. You know what I mean? Okay. So anyway, but getting, getting back to Andy Isabella here, here's your chance to uh, wax poetic on your, your latest man crush. I, you know, I, I love Isabella. I mean, he, he ran a 4-3-1-40 at the combine, legitimate 4-3-1-40. Production is off the charts. I think he was over 50% market share on Massachusetts. Granted, he went to UMass, right? So he's going to get a lot of it. But everyone knew that they were going to throw it to Isabella, and they still couldn't stop him. If you watch his YouTube film, there's not a lot. I mean, most of his highlights. You just see the foot quickness. It's, it's, it's totally transparent. You can see how fast he is. He's, he, you know, people compare him to Julian. I don't think he's a white guy. But really, to me, he's a little bit more like Brandon Cooks. I mean, he's really, really, really fast. He's 5'9", 5'8", point whatever, 7'5", 188. He really does have world-class legitimate speed, and, and he produces. He's not like Paris Campbell. He's not like McCole Hardman. But those guys haven't put up anywhere near the numbers of Andy Isabella. And he gets taken by a team that's going to throw the ball a ton. They're running the air raid offense in Arizona. They have a brand-new quarterback, uh, Kyler Murray, who's fantastic and also worth a high – you know, rookie draft pick in his own right. How high? Mid mid second? No. Late, late mid, second. mid first, early first. Oh my God. Kyler Murray? Murray? If you yeah, I mean if your quarterback the situation is not great, mid to late first. Holy hell. Why not? 
My I mean, quarterback situation is not great in any of my dynasty leagues. I wouldn't be looking at him in the mid to late first. Well, I mean, I, no, respectfully, I think you might be making a mistake. Okay. There. I, think, right. I really think Murray's – okay, so, I mean, he aver- Murray averaged 39.3 fantasy points per game last year as quarterback. He ran for 1,000 yards and 12 touchdowns. He threw for, I think, about 4,300 yards and 42 touchdowns and seven interceptions. This is off the top of my head. Right, yeah. I mean, it's, those are crazy numbers. And on top of that, you have Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury bringing in the area offense – Every year they've ever run it, they've always been in the top, like, eight of, of offense in the NCAA Division One. That's, like, a hundred, what, 117 teams or whatever it is? That sounds right. So they're going to throw it They're going to throw it like crazy. Murray is the guy that's going to run it, and they're going to throw it a ton to Isabella. They're playing him out of the slot right now. I think, I, I mean, he was drafted 55th at uh, Hakeem Butler. I know uh, Matt Walden loves Hakeem Butler. But I think if you sleep on Andy Isabella, you're making a drastic, huge mistake. Uh, I, I, I think he's fantastic. He bought his own jug machine uh, just to just to have around so he can catch passes all the time. He's paying his younger sure. sister a dollar a day to, to, to pitch him passes. Just watch some of the videos. Or to pay a lot more than that now. I'm actually I was all, I'm, I'm telling you this. I've, I've, I'm in eight dynasties so far. I've had four four drafts and I've paid a future first in two of them just to get Isabella because someone else drafted him. I drafted him in two, so I've been four or five. Another one, this guy took him ahead of me at the 11 pick when I was waiting to get him at the 12, so I'm not going to get him in one. So right now I have Isabel in 4 or 5. What do you always deal for? I could try, but I mean, he really, he kind of a little bit reached out. Yeah. So anyway, anyway, I love Isabella. I think really, really make an effort to get him. Okay. Uh, maybe this isn't fair. I'm going to pose it to you anyway. Feel yeah, give me some negatives. Feel, no, no, no. Feel free to decline. Well, are you concerned about the size? No. Not, I mean, literally not at all. He's, okay, also, I didn't mention the senior bowl. He crushed the senior bowl. Now, granted, these are not all the juniors that are coming out, all the good corners coming out. But these are NFL prospects. He killed it. He had a fantastic game. And, again, he's playing against – every time he moves up in competition, he does very well. It is basically an all-star game that, that nobody really takes seriously. For what <laughs> I mean, I'm like, I, I'm saying that a little tongue-in-cheek. But I mean, but okay, so are you telling me that the corners in the, in the senior bowl aren't trying to play good defense? Uh, well, here's what I'm saying. Um, did you read Dave Gettleman's comments on – why he took Daniel I'm Jones? Sorry, are you about? Are you? No, are go you, ahead. Are you about to reference Dave, the dumbest guy in the right? The it's exactly what I'm doing. Go and, ahead. and he saw the three drives at the Senior Bowl from Daniel Jones, <laughs> and he said that's all I needed to see. Well, okay. Here's the Venn diagram thing. Okay. Just because Dave Gettleman's an idiot and only relies upon the Senior Bowl does not mean that the Senior Bowl's information doesn't have some value. I, I'm not questioning it whether it has some value. <laughs> Certainly has some value. By the way, as, you, as I noted, that was the last thing I brought up about Isabel. Right, but no, it's, but it, it's something. Um, Andy, um, feel free to decline this because I'm putting you in, a, in an unfair spot. Andy Isabella in 2019 finishes as a top blank receiver. Yeah, 2019, you know, I'm not all – because, okay, you still have Fitz. You still have um, Christian Kirk. You have Hakeem Butler. But I'll say top 30. I will give you top 40, and I'll put five on that he doesn't. Fine, I'll take, top I'll take top 40. So top, I say he finishes outside the top 40. Uh, I have five on that. I got five on it. I'll take his ball top 40. I got five on it. All right, let's continue this. <laughs> Dave, in 2019, Kyler Murray finishes as a top blank quarterback. You tell me. You I'll tell let- me. You're the one waxing <laughs> poetic on him. Come on, I don't want uh, 12. All right, I'll give you top 15. I'll say he doesn't finish in top 15. Is that fair? Is that fair? Or is no, that not it's not fair? fair to you. I feel bad for you. Okay, well, I feel like you're making a drastic mistake. I'm, I'm fine with making that drastic mistake. Are you Are in? Are you sure? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. 
You want to do 500 or yeah, five? We'll do five. <laughs> we'll do five. Fine. Kyler Murray finishes outside the top 15 quarterback. Top 15. Yeah, top 15. I got five on it. I got five on it. I got five on it. Oh, man, so easy. Dave Hakeem Butler finishes as a top 15 receiver this year. I would say he finishes outside that. Me too. Okay, I couldn't make the try. I tried. Top 15. Are you crazy? Yeah, I am crazy. Uh, What's up to Jana and Saquon? Would you guys consider drafting Miles Sanders ahead of – oh, Penn State running back. Would you guys consider drafting Miles Sanders ahead of Nikhil Harry in rookie drafts this Saturday? That's Ed in Jeanette, Pennsylvania. Jeanette, Pennsylvania, isn't that where – there's a big high school football program there, I think, in Jeanette, isn't there? Or big college? I'm not familiar, actually. Or is Jeanette right outside College Station? I don't know. Where's our Jeanette? I know is like you know, it's a good girl's name. By the way, uh, Aces Rebels uh, chiming in in the chat room. That was the real Rod Stewart at the FFPC live event. (laughs) So so there you have it. I knew he looked like Rod Stewart because he is Rod Stewart. Um, So Miles Sanders, would you take him ahead of Nikhil Harry in Dynasty draft? That's a tough question because I'm actually wrestling with it right now. I have a 102 in a draft. This one guy, his name is Neil Paulsner or whatever. Neil Paulner. Paulner. He's been on the clock for like 30 hours, and the draft doesn't start until he picks. So he's been a total knob. He's waiting until all these rookie mini camps go on yeah. and finish, and then you're gonna make his pick. I'm like, dude, you're a total jerk. But anyway. And and you would do the same thing. No, I would make the pick. <laughs> anyway, so Miles Sanders over Nikhil Harry. You're undecided right now. As of right now, I'm I would lean towards Nikhil Harry. I would too. Uh, I. I actually like Sanders. Um, I, I do, too. I told you he's my favorite running back going into the uh, the pre-draft process. I like his landing spot, but, man, I, I, I really like Harry better. I'm, ch- I'm actually kicking around Murray in that spot, too. And I, and I own oh, – and, and the and, hell and, is going on? And I own Russell Wilson. You are at – the, <laughs> at the 102? Yeah, I'm kicking around. Good God, Dave. I feel like I don't even know you anymore. This bulky. You know, no. okay, I think scored, we're ending the show now. He scores like 35 points a game, and Andrew Luck scored 27. That's the difference, right? That's a big difference. I got five on him scoring fewer <laughs> than 30 points a game. This I'm, year. Yeah, I know. I'm Give sure me. he will. I'm yeah. sure he will. Probably. Um, okay, so right now, you're, uh, right now, like, right now, you're saying Harry. I'll say Harry. I am. Okay. Myers will say as uh, Miles, Miles Sanders at the 103, no, no matter, matter what. what. Yeah, there you go. So, and we just so is he the slam dunk 103, or would you? Which, oh, let me ask you this, Dave. Well, you know, let's say you have Russell Wilson in the league and you have the 103, <laughs> and the first overall pick is Josh Jacobs, second is Nikhil Harry, and you can either take Miles Sanders or Kyler Murray at the 103. Which one are you taking? I don't know, man. I do, and it's Miles Sanders. <laughs> don't pretend. I don't understand. By the way, Tony, Tony has got a Kyler boner all of a sudden out of nowhere. I haven't heard this at all. I really like I really like, I do like, I, I really like Kyler Murray. Anyway, what are you going to say? Our guest would have taken uh, Tony Castileo. Yeah, yeah, Tony would have taken uh, David Montgomery. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he said that was his number that one running back. Guy. Yeah. So, okay, I, I, I know it sounds bad, whatever. I mean, I hate taking quarterbacks early. I don't think you do. I normally do, but I feel like this player is again. He ran for a thousand yards. He, 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 I, I guess like, what I'm what I'm hearing from you too is you are of the opinion that this Cliff Kingsbury thing is going to work out in Arizona. It doesn't, you know, he had 620 some fantasy points in 14 games in college, right? So that, you know, 39.3 fantasy points per game, and he gets paired up with the exact perfect match offensively for his skill set. It's the exact offense he ran, where they always do the things that score tons of fantasy points. And he has fifth, and they drafted Isabella, and they drafted Hakeem Butler, and they have Christian Kirk, and they have David Johnson. I mean, dude. 
it's the, the, the you know the everything is lined up. It's like the Da Vinci Code. They're getting you know getting the thing oh, lined yeah, up. Yeah, I forget what it was called. That yeah. little cylinder thing. Yeah, to the, get the, code. the thing. The code yeah. is lined up. Yeah. And Murray's the code. Yeah. No. <laughs> I you know I don't want to be I mean I don't want to be too crazy. I I just feel like I like the ship has sailed on. But that. I mean if it's a 109 pick, okay 103 is a little early. But I mean I'm telling you if it's a 109 and you're thinking about him or like uh, you know McCall Hardman, take Murray. Yeah. All right, there you go. That's okay, I, that I can actually get behind. Right. I don't know if I do it, but it's, you're raining me back in now. I'm, I'm, I'm getting it. Uh, Mike in New York. Now people, that people can laugh all they want, but I'm just telling you, when it, in three years, I'd be like, oh crap. I, I'm not. That? I'm beyond laughing. I'm you just. Know, I'm, shocked. I'm shocked. I'm shocked. By the way, I, I feel kind of the same way about Lamar Jackson, but not to the same extent. I love Mark, Lamar Jackson. Last you, year. But you get him in the mid to late second. Right, last year, and right. I still totally love him this year. I feel like this I year is going to be his year. I really do. I feel like people are missing the boat on Lamar Jackson. I think he became a better passer this offseason. Better passer is still run for a ton of yards. And he's going to have uh, Justice Hill. He's going to have Mark Ingram this year as well. We forget about him. We're gonna, he's going to have uh, Boykin. Boykin and Marquise Brown. Um, so there's there's some talent there. More talent than he had last he's year. Gonna run, he's going to run for a ton of yards. They're, they draft, oh, and, and of course, uh, Justice Hill, too, at, right. at, at running yep. back. All guys are on like 4-4 four, four or faster 40. Everyone is drafting, all the smart teams, in my opinion, are drafting speed at this point. Yeah. I think Arizona and Baltimore are two of the smart teams right now. Uh, let's move on. Mike in New York. Now that Doug Baldwin is out in Seattle, do you guys see big years from both Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf in 2019? Thanks, fellas. Mike in New York writing in. So uh, we didn't bring that up. Doug Baldwin was actually released earlier this week. Sounds like his career is going to be over. Seattle moves on. Now they get DK Metcalf at the end of the second round of the NFL draft. They also have Tyler Lockett coming back off of a really significant 2018 as he finished at wide receiver 16 last year in FFPC scoring. Dave, you look at these two guys, I, I think Lockett's in for a pretty good year. Not sold on Metcalf. You know, I feel like I have a big blind spot for uh, for Tyler Lockett, and I, I'm trying to get around it. And, that, and 16 is a pretty good year. And he had a lot of touchdowns, granted. And not, not, they have such a low-volume offense, it gets irritating for everybody, right? But Lockett is a, you know, he's a fast player. He's a high-talent guy. And Russell Wilson is a really good quarterback, pinpoint passer. I think that Lockett is the player to own. I think he might be actually a good pick. And, I, you know, you might – you know, listen to this podcast from four weeks ago, and I might be saying something differently, but I'm I am coming around on Lockett a little bit. I'm definitely not a fan of Metcalf as a rookie. He doesn't it doesn't strike me with the agility. I know he's a really fast player, but I'm, I get I get shades of you know Stephen Hill or um, Jonathan Baldwin. I get a little bit concerned about Lockett. He seems like a good guy, good work ethic, and I know the team loves him, the coaches love him. Remember, that was a team that they traded, or that was a draft pick that they traded up a ton of draft capital to get Tyler Lockett. I, I know that was a few years ago, yeah, but right. they moved up a, gave up a lot to move up to grab him. Uh, Lockett going at the 701 right now in FFPC redraft best ball leagues 1203 for DK Metcalf. Yeah, 1203 for Metcalf not that expensive. It really is pretty cheap for a dude who he does. I mean, he's he does have the size of a Calvin or a To or whatever. And he's got the speed. I mean, four three something forty at that size is pretty amazing. Just don't expect him to do an in route or out right, yeah, or anything <laughs> that requires slowing down. Um, play quick. Would you rather Rob don't play it? DK Metcalf or the guy who's going one pick in front of him, Larry Fitzgerald? Uh, redraft. I would take Fitz. Uh, one pick in front of him as well, James Washington. Uh, I would take Washington because I, you know it's his second year and he's got a lot of upside and he's supposed to be uh, slimming down. I think I've heard that about James Washington. Yeah. He is. Uh, he's playing. Um, he lost uh, like ten pounds or something. I yeah. read that too. That he's yeah. he's gonna be playing lighter this year. Um, Manny Sanders or DK Metcalf. Metcalf. D.D. Westbrook or DK Metcalf. Metcalf. 
and the dude, uh, two more guys, DK Metcalf, or who's going after him, Curtis Samuel. I actually like Curtis Samuel a lot. I'm actually really pissed. Because none of these knobs in my eight dynasty will trade me Curtis Samuel, and I always make offers, and no one likes to sell them. No one Maybe wants to sell them. you got to prove your offer. No one tries to sell them at the, at the so-called value or even close to it. Uh, I agree with you on Samuel. And then the last one, DK Metcalf or fellow rookie, Nicole Hardman. For redraft. For redraft. Uh, that's interesting. I'll take Metcalf. I would take Hardman. Um, did you know that Michael Hardman came to Georgia as a quarterback and has not been playing the receiver position? I think he's played it for two years now. Oh, cool. Something interesting that's there. That's pretty cool, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he was came as a running back. Now he was receiver three years. How the hell was that guy a running back? Who the hell was I mean, it's just all he could run is pitches. I mean, you can't get you get a clear shot on him. He's die, he dies. I, I, I don't understand how a player that that won the the the, the hundred meter dash and beat Denzel Ward in in his state couldn't get a scholarship offer other than at UMass. I mean, it's just crazy. Well, I'll tell you why, Dave. Let me tell you the four top things on uh, Andy Isabella's Caucasian. Oh yeah, yeah. White. Yep. European? Andy Isabella's scouting report. <laughs> top four. Honky top four pros. You ready? <laughs> Hard worker. Sneaky fast was number one. <laughs> oh, really? Number two, surprisingly strong. Uh, cerebral. Number three, <laughs> polished route runner. That's uh, great. And, of course, last one, high football IQ. Oh, uh, there you go. So that was probably part hey, of the reason. Hey, white guy. He's already maxed out. You can't coach him up anymore. Right, exactly. That, that reminds me of, like, Robisky. Remember Brian Robisky? Oh, yeah. Well, that, but the difference with him with Rose's son, or yeah, he's the coach's son. So, and and he didn't have all the talent in the world. And obviously, when when he who took him Washington, then Washington draft Rubisky, yeah, and he I, just he was nothing. Or Atlanta, I was, or somebody. I was Cleveland. Was it Cleveland? It might have been Cleveland. Yeah. See, he just bounced around all these teams. Yeah. Uh, final email tonight. We uh, we actually touched on this already. Is Ben Watson the Patriots' tight end to get over ASJ now? That is Chad in Houston. Chad, thank you for the email. Dave, who do you like better for obviously redraft this year? ASJ or Ben Watson if you're drafting a Patriots tight end? You know, ASJ, I don't want to hear I don't want to hear him ignore his abbreviation anymore. He's giving me post-traumatic stress. He's giving me PTS. I don't want to hear any more ASJ. Uh, it's Watson. Watson. By the way, Watson is, is a very cerebral tight end, to be honest with you. He's, he a, he's a super smart guy. I love all the things he says. He actually did a lot. He has a, a I want to say a charity. He's been very yeah. active in, in New Orleans. Uh, the yeah, he's been a really good career. guy. Good guy, very smart guy, right. polished route runner, <laughs> high football IQ. He's, like a, he's, like a, he's a white tight end. Yeah. But he's done lots of you. Actually, I think he's black. Strong as an ox. Yeah. You know, he's Can just, block. They don't get these guys. They don't get this right. These, yeah. These things are incorrect. Plays like his hair's on fire. <laughs> I like Watson. He, he definitely gets that offense. I think the Patriots have an affinity for Watson. They're going to be cutting Matt LaCoste, ASJ, and all the other right. good shit. Um, the uh, ADP, obviously, take this with a grain of salt because Watson literally just signed. Uh, a 406. ASJ 1201, okay. Ben Watson 2003. I would expect those numbers not to flip, but I would expect that Watson will be moving ahead of ASJ sooner rather than later. That is going to do it for our show, ladies and gentlemen. I uh, really appreciate you tuning in tonight uh, on, on FFPC Rookie Draft E. Thanks to Tony Castileo, Dave Gerzak, the FFPC, Rob Bryson, of course, each and every one of you. Programming note, we will not have a show next Friday. What? Because we're having a show next Thursday. Did I tell you this? I don't think I told you this. Can you even do the show next Thursday? Why do you ask? Well, because that's when we're doing the show. 
My birthday is next Friday, by the way. So Which is why we couldn't do the show on Friday. Off. Yeah, we're giving you your birthday off. I mean, I'm, you know who has my birthday? Oh, Reggie Jackson. We're hanging out together. We're oh, really? Yeah, we're going to a steakhouse. Yeah. Um, very cool. Uh, <laughs> we'll uh, send me the pics from Ruth's Chris. Uh, we'll like to see that. We're going to Wistota. He's flying. Oh, he's, Reggie Jackson's coming to Nina for the first the time Wistota in his life. Fantastic. Uh, so next Thursday we're going to do a show. Dave, will you be present for that then? Yes, sir. I'll be here. I'll tell you who else will be on the show. It's going to be 2018 FFPC Genesis champion and Dynasty Football Factory writer John Walter will be on the show next week. We're yeah. going to pick his brain. We're, we're going to pick his brain about the Genesis draft that went off last week. We'll get his opinion on his team and uh, just in general too. Uh, obviously, we get a Dynasty writer on the show. We want to talk rookies for sure with him. So that is going to be next Thursday, still the same time, 10, 9 central. Check out those Maiden Dynasties and uh, 2019 Best Ball Leagues at myffpc.com. Hey, the early bird is running out for the main event, people. Get in on that now. Uh, save 100 bucks. Get entered in the Pros versus Joe's Challenge drawing, and uh, it'll be a lot of fun. Get in on those early birds. Your weekend officially starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. We're on the floor, even more so if we on tour. Me and E explore the country, wondering about the evening before. Trying to explain where the time went. Well, other rappers find a studio to grind in. You know, the other thing, too, is, Dave, when you're, you're busting your tail doing a lot of late spring, summer yard work outside. I don't do any of that. Sweating. <laughs> uncomfortable, you just need something cool and refreshing. If you chill it just right, take a swig of that Guns and Rosé, Rosé Ale. <laughs> like pouring November rain right in your mouth. <laughs> Good luck in your rookie drafts, everybody. I'm here all week. Live and let die. <laughs> Another one. <laughs>